the last couple of years, God has really done a work in me about the power that there is in the blood of Jesus and how that most of humanity doesn't realize the power that is at their disposal day to day, situation to situation in everything that we face, that we don't have to be overcome. God created us overcomers and he's given us tools and abilities to overcome situations. When I, when I first was born again in the first probably maybe eight or ten years, it was a time in the church world when there was a lot of praying going on. There, were, there was a lot of intercession, and, and, and not that there's not intercession today and things going on today, but there was, there was, a, lot of, um, there was a lot of praying, and, and I'm not sure... Th- all the, all the revelation that we had, and I know I didn't have a lot of revelation, but there was a phrase that was used during those days a lot that I didn't like, and the reason I didn't like it because of what I'm teaching on now is because I didn't really understand it, but it was the phrase, plead the blood, and everybody was pleading the blood, you know, and I don't know that I ever pleaded the blood because I thought it sounded stupid. Because I didn't understand the word, number one, and I didn't understand what was actually going on. And so as a result of that, I just kind of let that thing lay. I didn't let the blood lay and the revelation of the blood of Jesus. But in the last couple of years, God has really shown me some things about that word plead. And I've made it part of my vocabulary. It's, it's part of how I pray and how I speak things today. I'm not saying that the people back in the day when I thought it was ridiculous didn't have revelation because probably most of them did. I just didn't. And um, <clears throat> so I, I want to I finish this message today, but I, but I really need to review and, and I'm going to get through this as quick as I can, but, I've, I, but I'm not going to rush because you need to hear this. Um, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and then what they do with it with their mouth. It's the way I've applied it in these three, mes- in the, these three messages, the way I've, I've brought it together. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and then what they did with the blood with their mouth. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So think about that as, as, we, as we go through this today. Um, so... I want to look, I just want to review real quickly in John chapter 6 and verse 53. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. And then I'm going to, we'll come back and look at this verse in, in a minute again. But I want to read this because of the word that's in there. 
And Jesus said to them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, you cannot have life in you unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood. And in parentheses, it defines for us today because, I mean, common sense is we're not eating His natural flesh and drinking the blood that was in His body. Naturally. Okay? But in parentheses, what eating the flesh and drinking the blood says is, unless you appropriate His life and the saving merit of His blood. The word appropriate. And through several means of uh, definition, I have this definition for the word appropriate. That in this case, it would mean unless it is suitable to the real meaning when we partake of communion in the form of appropriation. Unless it is suitable to the real meaning. So, we can't partake of life, and we're going to define what life is. We can't partake of life if we don't appropriate the true meaning of what the blood and the body of Jesus has done for us. If we don't appropriate that. So to appropriate something in the true meaning is to apply it to a certain substance, to something that you're doing. In other words, if you're struggling in a specific area, to appropriate the blood and the body of Jesus Christ to the thing that you're going through, we do it with our mouths. We appropriate it with our mouths. We'll look at that in, in just a moment. First Peter, these are just scriptures that we're reviewing from last Sunday. But First Peter chapter 1 and verse 19 says, verse 18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You and I have been redeemed. We've been, we've been moved from one place to another place. Colossians says we've been redeemed and, and translated and transferred from darkness into his marvelous light. We've been redeemed. We've been, we've been moved from darkness into a place of light and life. That's what his blood did for us. But we've got to appropriate it for it to work for us, not just something that we are reminded of what he did it, it, during this time of the year. People realize, you know, during Easter it's all about you know, the, the crucifixion. On Friday, we watched the Passion of the Christ, and it was an amazing visual of what Jesus Christ went through. And I don't even believe that that movie even touched how deep that he went through for our sins and our sicknesses and our diseases and, and, and all, the, all the guilt and the shame that people carry upon themselves. He died for, Right? But it's not just remembering that he did it. Yes, thank, being thankful for his sacrifice and what he chose. But what he wants is for us to take that and appropriate it to our life. Apply it to our life on a day-to-day -day basis. I believe when you leave here today, 
you're going to have a greater tool of how to do that than when you came in here. Look at your neighbor and say, I agree. Amen. So, I want to read this definition I read this last week of the word plead. To make an allegation in an action or other legal proceedings, especially answering the previous pleading of the other party by acknowledging facts therein stated and by alleging new facts. Especially answering the previous pleading of the other party by acknowledging facts therein stated and by alleging new facts. Now, I want you to think about that before we read this verse of Scripture in Matthew 5. But I put that out there and I want you to think about it. But first I want to say this. Leviticus 17 and 11. Do you have that? Leviticus 17 11. <clears throat> For the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's all I wanted to look at at the moment. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, I want you to think about the first man, Adam. Adam did not come from a woman. Adam came from God. Where did the blood come from? Where did the blood come from in Adam's body? The God... The blood came from God. The life of the flesh is in the blood. We just read earlier and we've sung all morning that life is in God. The blood came from God and from Adam, every human being came from a woman that's on planet earth. Every human being came from a woman on planet earth. And every one of us came to being because we had parents that came together. And I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and, I'm, and I hope it doesn't offend anybody, but what happened was that the woman was penetrated and the sperm of man impregnated every woman with a child. But there's a woman that that didn't happen. There was a woman over 2,000 years ago that an angel came to her and said, Mary, we've got a mission. And she said, the only thing she said was, how can this be? I've never been with a man. She said, you're going to be with the Holy Ghost. 
And she was impregnated by the same, the same life, sperm life, that Adam was created by. Because the Bible says Jesus was the second Adam. And what happened was that his body, Jesus' body, became, became filled with blood from a pure womb, not a penetrated one. And that blood that came from God is what has delivered you and I. That blood delivered you and I. And today, I believe that all kinds of things happen to people day after day after day after day. People go through things and they have, they have at their disposal the power of the blood of Jesus to work on their behalf. But because we don't understand how it works for us, we don't appropriate properly the blood to given situations that we face. Today, in the back there, we've got elements that represent the body and the blood of Jesus, and we're going to partake of communion here in a few minutes. But as we partake of communion here today, we're going to understand something about the life of God. I believe that maybe, maybe we understand it, but I, I, my prayer is the Holy Spirit's going to show you and reveal something to you today and in the days ahead there's more real and more powerful that will give you access to the blood on a daily basis to where it's working for you. We have to have faith in the power of the blood. We have to have faith in the blood now. God went through the whole process for 4,000 years on planet earth from the, mo from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden for 4,000 years, this process was set up and laid out for the culmination of what happened at Calvary. And what happened at Calvary was deliverance for mankind. Back in John 6, just bear with me, and then we're going to go to Matthew 5, and we'll end there. John chapter 6 And I want to look at three verses here. Verse 47, 48, and then back at 53. <clears throat> Verse 47. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Verse 48 says, I am the bread of life. Verse 53 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most surely I say unto you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And yet, if you believe in him, the blood that filled his body, that, appear, that, that a spear pierced his body and drained his body of that blood, that blood gave you life. If you're born again today, then the life of God resides on the inside of you. 
If you're born of the Spirit of God today, the life of God is on the inside of you. Then why not have that life work for me on a day-to-day basis? I'm talking about in every situation that you face, every thought you have, every issue that comes against you from physical to financial to mental to emotional, I don't care what it is, why not the blood of Jesus work for us on our behalf? All the time, every day, so that we can share with the rest of the world how real this blood thing is. Amen? Now, Matthew 5, and I'm going to end with this today for the next two hours. No, I'm not. Matthew 5. And verse 21, and just really begin to prepare yourself for what we're, we're going to look at right here, okay? It's really important. Um, I shared this with you last week, and so I gave you the definition of plead, and The definition here is to plead something is to, is especially when you're answering the previous pleading of the other party by acknowledging facts therein stated and by alleging new facts. Now, I'm going to read verse 25 first, and we read this last week, and I told you we were going to pick up from here, so this is my message today. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into the prison. So, the previous pleading of your adversary that goes to the father and says, yeah, but, yeah, but Bert did this, and yeah, but Randy did that. Yeah, but, but what about this and what about that? These previous pleading. What God's saying and what I said to you last week, what God's saying to us is to agree with your adversary. And I said this last week. I mean, I used to think that that scripture was really strange and I had a hard time with it. Why would I agree with anything that the devil said? But if the enemy says, you know what? You remember that mistake you made back then? Many times what we do is we try to erase that by denial. Well, that didn't happen. Well, you know, that's not me anymore. And so we try to get rid of it. When what God's wanting us to do is admit to our wrong and then remind our adversary of how great the blood of Jesus is. See, then we don't find ourselves justifying our position, right? We don't have to justify things that have gone wrong because through the blood of Jesus, man, I'm forgiven. I don't care what you've ever done ever, ever in your whole life. The blood of Jesus has already forgiven you. In fact, it already, the blood already forgave you before you even screwed up. Right? And if that's the case then, then... What we've got to do is quit giving the adversary place by him reminding us of our past and us living there. 
Yeah, you're right. I did. I can remember that. Yeah, I remember I, I did that. I remember, I, you know, how, how can you call yourself a Christian? Because, you know, years ago you did. I did. I did. But for the grace of God, I'm nothing. I'm toast anyway. Hmm? <laughs> but for the grace of God, we're just ashes. So, if that's the case, then the previous pleader that has said things about you and brought things to your mind and tried to tell you that you're this, that, and the other, the previous pleader, we're going to interrupt that pleading with new evidence, (laughs) with new sets of circumstances. Yeah, that's true, but l- l- let me tell you about what my Savior did. Let me tell you what the blood of Jesus accomplished for me. And, and, and now I am pleading the blood over a given situation and letting that situation know it has no power over me. Now, I, I, I wrote down just a num- number of examples, and I'm going to give you these examples, and then I want you to think about How what I'm saying today applies to situations in your life. And as we're partaking of communion today, we're going to just just personally, ourselves, not out to everybody else, but personally ourselves, we're going to confess that the body and the blood of Jesus, we're going to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood and command the life that's in the blood to work on our behalf. And you say amen. Now, think of it like this. Let's say that you have... Let's say you have a report of high blood pressure. You went to Walmart, stuck your arm in the thing, boom, my blood pressure's high. Well, I refuse to believe that. Well, you're an idiot. (laughs) Can I say that? Anyway, it says it's high, it's high, okay? So, you know what? My blood pressure's high, but I plead the blood right now over my blood pressure, and I command it to come down. I don't know any other way to say it anymore. I just, and, and I'm not looking for some easy way out of speaking things over my body. I plead the blood. I plead what the blood of Jesus did 2000, over 2,000 years ago. And what it accomplished for me is when high blood pressure comes against me, I can plead the blood and believe for it to come down. And you know what usually comes out of that for me? Is wisdom in things that I need to change that are causing my blood pressure to go up. Let's say that you have small children. We had a great testimony about that last week. Let's say you have small children, and the enemy's hammering you with fear that something bad's going to happen to them, and they're going to be taken out. Maybe uh, I have a family member that for some reason, where this family member lives, there's been a number of different accidents, and, and, and her, children, uh, her children have had a number of their friends die at real young ages, like in car wrecks and different things like that. So she's constantly riddled, this family member is constantly riddled with some bad thing going to happen because of these bad things that happen to other people. Now, I'm not talking, if you've had something happen, we've, we've had, 
We've had things in, our, in different extended family members, things happen and close friends and, and all those kind of things. I'm not talking, and, and it's real important that I make sure that you don't leave here with the wrong thought that I have. We have passion and compassion for people that lose people. But what I'm saying is, if I, if I believe in the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus produces, if I believe that, then there are promises attached to the blood of Jesus that remind me that I don't have to be afraid of something like that. All my born-again days, most of them, and especially since my children were born and my oldest is, is she, well, she wouldn't want me to tell you how old she is. Anyway, she, she's, you know, over 12. And... Um, all the days that they've been alive, we've prayed Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust in. He gives His angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. They bear me up in their hand, lest anything come against me. Sickness and disease have no place and authority over my body, and on and on and on. I've pleaded that, I've declared that, I've given, I've given that testimony from the Word over my children, and I believe all the days of their life they will fulfill their destiny and their plan on planet Earth, just because the Word says so. And if, and if you know or you have people that haven't done that, I'm not saying that, I'm just telling you, we don't have to be afraid of that. Please get that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm more special because that hasn't happened to me and that won't happen to me. And, and I don't have to knock on wood when I say that. I'm trusting in the blood of Jesus, not my own ability. God is no respecter of person. He's a respecter of people that will take the word and do something with it. If we don't appropriate the blood of Jesus, it won't just work. And what will happen is, when good things happen to other people, you'll get mad. We don't need to be mad. We need to be glad. Right? We need to be happy. Happy. We need to be happy and glad and confident in the blood of Jesus. Amen? If you're in debt in your life, you say, man, I'm in such debt, there's no way that I can get out of that. I mean, it's just things look impossible in the natural realm. Yeah, but the blood of Jesus. He said in John, in, in 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. As you gain understanding that we overcome because of what the blood accomplished and then what we do with it. That's where the overcoming on a day-to-day -day basis consists of. So when the enemy tells you things like that and he's told you stuff, God has empowered you to be able to plead and appropriate the blood of Jesus against situations that you face, thoughts of fear, thoughts of torment, thoughts of failure, loser mentality, thoughts and things that people come against people's minds. You have the ability to plead the blood over your mind. And declare today, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I will not give in to the pressures and the onslaught of the wicked when the, when the enemy comes against me because he's been defeated through the blood.
Can you say amen today? So today, as we prepare to receive communion, if, if you all will come and, and bring those elements, I want to I read this verse of Scripture in Colossians 1. And this is a very good pleading prayer. Colossians 1 and verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you, to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of our sins. Today, what I, I want you to leave here with is that The reason you have access to the blood of Jesus is because you're forgiven. You can go ahead. You've been forgiven. He has forgiven you. He has delivered you. There's not anything that you've ever done that he has held against you. Enemy will try to hold things against you and try to tell you that you're that you're you're disqualified because of mistakes that you made. I'm telling you, there's nothing you've ever done that has disqualified you because of what the blood of Jesus accomplished. I'm gonna say it again to you. There's not anything that you have ever done, ever, that has disqualified you from the blood of Jesus. Disqualified you from the kingdom because of the blood of Jesus. Man. We're qualified. Not because of our works, not because of what we've done, but because of what he accomplished. Man, are we grateful today. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you today. We appropriate the blood. We purpose to appropriate the blood of Jesus, to apply it to our lives day by day by day. There's not anything the blood of Jesus has not already removed. Not anything. Father, we're so grateful and so thankful today.